This is Thoughts and Players. Hello and welcome to level 48 of the Thoughts and Players podcast, the gaming podcast with both takes and no strings attached. I am Jeremy, here once again with my two compadres. Of course, I have David. What up? And I have Corey. C is for Command and Conquer. Very nice. Two C's in that one, huh? I I wanted to throw you a bone. I know nothing about Command and Conquer. It's a fun military RTS, correct? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Red alert. And then you can Tiberium Sun General. I do do remember they had live cutscenes, right? Like it was real actors. And they had that famous bald dude who was like a tough as nails military guy is like the bad guy. Um yeah, they have yeah, one named Yuri. I also believe in I forgot which one it was. Um, the general was played by the very esteemed William Brimley. What's that franchise doing right now? I'm I'm being serious. Are they? Is it alive? Is it anything on the horizon? They mobile? did the remaster a couple years ago. The, they did do a mobile thing, which no one wanted. Then they did a remaster of uh, <laughs> the original Command and Conquer. That was great. We don't know what they're doing next. Hopefully, they do a remaster of Red Alert Two, everyone's favorite Red Alert game. That okay. would be completely awesome. Or even a remaster of the original Red Alert. I'd take that. Which they they actually I think they did. They did the original Red Alert and the original. Uh, Command and Conquer together in the remaster. So hopefully we get a red alert too when a Tiberium Sun. That's the other one that people want to remaster of. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. There is your Command and Conquer history lesson for today, children. Trying um, to sweet sweeten up Jeremy before he starts yelling at me later. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably it's probably going to happen. But uh, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Um, speaking of yelling. Uh, I know we've all been playing some games, and I think there's been uh, we've been playing a couple that can induce some raging. Corey, mm-hmm. I think uh, you have you've been playing a game that that highly regarded, well esteemed and established, for, and 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 it's making all the waves. I mean, you know the 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 companies and the industries couldn't gush enough over this. So uh, so what's that game, man? I'm a I'm deep in the Elden Ring, guys. It's literally the only thing I've touched for the last two weeks. I have 30 hours into it. I've put as many hours as I could, honestly. Like, I've been playing this every chance I get. Uh, I'm going to talk about it a lot more later. But um, I think to sum up the game, one of the reviews I had read before it came out said, Elden Ring, Death of the Wild. And that describes it perfect. You know, play on Breath of the Wild, Death of the Wild. Perfect perfect uh, way to describe it. Mm. Death of the Wild. That's very that's very interesting uh phrase oh, there, description there. Yeah. Morbid, but, but yeah. you know what? It's it's much better than uh swagger of a black teen. So they're, they're, they're <laughs> moving on up. Exaggerated swagger. Yeah. <laughs> uh look forward to my number four on this top game of the year because <laughs> I always gotta throw it in there now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Um David, what about you, man? What have you been up to? Um, the Apex and a little twist. My son finally wanted Super Smash Brothers, so uh-huh. we got that, and we've been playing that a lot. Yeah, and Who it's fun. Is your main? Um, right and now, then I, and then I will tell you why you're wrong. 
right now I've been playing a lot of Link. Yeah, he's uh he's kind of a lower tier, David. You got to step up. Your I game. don't have everyone unlocked yet. Like we literally just oh, unlocked. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Nintendo did the old school thing where yeah, uh, you got to unlock characters, and it was horrible because they have eighty characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've unlocked about ten, I think, eleven. Okay. Have okay. you played any of the uh, oh. story mode? No, we've literally just been loading it up Versing with all each computers other. and smashing it out. Hey, great thing about Smash is you can play it a ton of different ways. And that's, yep. that's a great way to play it's it. It's a lot of fun. What about you, Jeremy? Yeah, wait, wait until you unlock Falco. He's completely OP. Falco. Yeah, I, Melee. I, I've never played Falco. 20, 20 years ago, he was OP. Yeah. Well, that's about how long ago I was when I played it. Uh, <laughs> I have been uh, dabbling in some Horizon Forbidden West on the PlayStation 5. Oh, Gamefly. Gamefly came through, Game, uh, baby. Flew in there. They came through with a second try. It made it. Um, so I've been playing a little bit of that gorgeous game. Mm-hmm. Really was able to get into the story uh, a good bit from from the jump, which is always 50-50 with me. Um, so I'm glad to know that I, I at least find the story engaging. The combat, of course, is, is interesting and good. Um, but I have been giving even more time to The Surge 2. Um, I I think it's fair to say that I love that game. Really, and I did I not so. plan on it. Oh I didn't plan God. on it. It is a Souls like game. Um, but the story, the world is incredibly interesting. The combat, it's that tough, but not difficult. Not have to get good Souls like combat where you're being patient. You're you know. Looking at attack patterns, you know, understanding your own attack patterns with your weapons and stuff like that. So it's a challenge, but it's not difficult. But yeah, I'm really into it. The the ability to like cut off limbs, and that's how you're like able to reinforce your armor and your weapons and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I am super into it. It's I've been planning on Game Pass. It's going to leave, I believe, March 15th. So I'm gonna play it on Game Pass as long as I can, and then I'm gonna go buy me a pre-owned copy of it so I can keep playing it because that's nice. how you win the people and also a little bit of Bloodborne really yeah and you are definitely into Souls games you are uh, prepping yourself for Elden Ring <laughs> I am digging the Bloodborne um I don't know I don't know if I would put it as maybe like my you know 19th favorite game of all time I don't know if I'd put it there <laughs> but it's definitely a good game uh but yeah that's it for me man that's it that's it for the games i've been playing not a lot of time but i was able to put some time to search too stayed up till three in the morning playing that game mm. i'm an adult shouldn't do that when when's your <laughs> alarm clock go off it goes off at nine. Oh, that's not too bad mm. and then i have another alarm that goes off at 10 45 oh well <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i was i was discussing this with my friend we, we always talk about has as adults, like we have so little time to play games, right? Mm-hmm. But I've come to realize if there's a game we actually like, we, we find time to play it. Like I put 50 hours into Arculus, and then I've already put 30 hours in the Elden Ring when I thought previously I don't have time to play games like that anymore. But when you actually do enjoy playing a game, you'll, you'll find the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd love to show you my Steam hours on Apex. Yeah. <laughs> Yeesh. 
Rosa, I, I I've gamed until three in the morning very often, and my alarm clock's at eight thirty on the days I don't have my son. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> Eesh. Um. Guys, let's. We've got some news that happened this week. We're going to get into. So, let's go ahead and crack into it now. Corey, you mentioned Arceus or Arceus, yes. right? The not very great but okay Pokemon game. Well, new Pokemon game or games were announced. This is from Nintendo. Okay, they announced Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, which are supposed to release later this year. Late 2022 is what the banner says. They showed the three starter Pokemon. Uh, we can go through them real quick. They're uh, Sprigatito. Mm-hmm. That's your grass. Fuecoco. Fuecoco. Fuecoco, I think. Fuecoco? Fuecoco, yep. That sounds like an, a slur in, in Italian. Uh, that is a <laughs> your fire Pokemon. And then there's Quaxly, which is your water Pokemon. It's a duck, if you could. <laughs> um, they also uh, kind of gave a brief show of what your main characters look like. They, no, in, no uh, offense intended, they kind of look like bitches. Um, <laughs> they're wearing really short shorts and collared shirts which, with ties and hats and long, very long socks. Um, those are your characters, and of course, the world. It looks a little bit like Pokemon Leg- Legends Arceus, like that that kind of graphic design, but a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Because when I say that initially, you think, "Dear Lord, no!" But I think it looks a little bit better than Legends Arceus. Um, guys, did you hear the news? What was your kind of impression on all of this? I'm not surprised, but it said something about. The usual catching mechanics. I was hoping it was going to be just like Arcaea, so I don't know if I'm going to get them. Right. Yeah, I I read the same thing, and that's that's pretty disheartening because yeah. that was obviously the best part for me about Pokemon uh, Arceus. I guess either I'm pronouncing it wrong or you guys are, but we're all, all three I, of us are saying it different ways. I, so I, I can't I can't change it now, but uh, obviously those that was so that was such a great catching mechanic. Jeremy, I think mm-hmm. you would even say that was the strength of that game. Yeah, the main draw so, me for sure. If it goes back to a situation where you cannot catch them in the overworld without having to go into a battle and then uh, depower them, it's going to take a little bit step back. But that's that's what Pokemon Company is kind of known for, mm-hmm. you know, giving good features in one game and then immediately taking them out in the next game and giving you slightly different features that may or may not be better. Um, don't want to judge it too harshly yet. We have. Barely any details. We know the three starters. We know the region is uh, Spanish influenced, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of cool. Um, I, I will keep an open mind for this one. Uh, Pokemon fans are eating good. You know, the remakes for Diamond and Pearl came out late last year, then yeah. Arcuus, and then this one. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, it's a unique region with a lot of different Pokemon. Um, they did specify that it was open world. Because I guess all the press leading up to Arcuus was they never mentioned open world. And it and it technically wasn't. It was big areas. So this right, one right. is open world completely, apparently. We'll see how okay. that works for them. Yep. And as you said, Jeremy, the graphics actually look a lot cleaner than Arcuus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's there's hope. Maybe when they uh, come out with, I don't know, Pokemon 
lavender and sage, whatever other <laughs> random colors they choose, that they'll uh, they'll be able to incorporate the good things from this and the good things from Arceus and put them together. So that's like the hope, I think. And uh, before we move on, I think we all have to at least say what starter we would pick, right? Like we can't not talk about starters and not which one you would pick. So who are you going with? Right. Um, I'm personally, I use, I'm going to go with, uh, Coco, right? <laughs> That's the fire one. The fire one is usually, it feels like they're, they're typically a little OP in the beginning compared okay. to the other ones staying in the tradition with the Charmander, but Quaxley, I don't know if, if what's on his head is a hat or his hair, but homie's got a nice hairdo if it is hair. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Might go Quaxley. Yeah. Fukoko, they're saying that he looks like a pepper. And his face yeah. looks like a skull. So at the end, he might be a ghost pepper, a ghost fire type. That would be kind of cool. That sounds way less cool. Um, okay, well, I thought it sounded cooler. David? Pretty, it's pretty punny, but the uh, same thing. I've almost always chosen fire when I've played the games. The offset is I chose Totodile once or twice because he's my favorite water one. But okay. yeah, I'm, I almost always pick fire, so the Fue Coco. Well, he looks like a pepper, and if you see he has a skull, he might be a ghost pepper, and he might be mm -hmm. ghost fighting type at the end, so that's mm -hmm. kind of cool. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the cat because it looks adorable. Uh, I do want to see the uh, – I, I always spoil myself with Pokemon games because I don't want to pick a starter that ends up looking butt ugly in its second and third form. So I, I, I got to see those later forms, but as of right now, I really think the uh, grass starter, which is, is a kitty cat, looks mm -hmm. adorable. I'm going to pick it. Yes. I've seen so many pictures and memes and stuff of Nintendo. Please keep her on all fours. Yes, they always <laughs> they take these cute creatures and they put them on two legs and they just look hideous. So we'll see what they do with this one. It'll go from uh, Sprigatito to Sprigatato to Sprigafugazi. That's what I'll do. I feel like that's a smart person joke. I don't get <laughs> Oh, no, just making fun of this weird stuff they got. All right, next story. Grand Theft Auto 5 Next Gen is out now. And you may be thinking, oh, it's about time this game's so old. For sure, it's going to be an easy free upgrade. Nope. You got to pay for it. So uh, right now they're doing initial uh, discounts for if you upgrade, upgrade to it. But um, for... The PS5, GTA 5, and GTA Online, that's going to be 75% off for the first three months of launch. Priced at $10, and then after the three months, the game will cost $40. Uh, and this version includes the single-player story mode and online. Uh, the, the standalone version of GTA Online for PS5 is completely free, first three months of release. And then uh, afterwards, it'll be $20. And then for the Xbox Series X... It's 50% off the first three months, so it'll be launching at 20, and then after that, it'll cost 40, and then uh, again the same for just online. It'll be free at launch, um, but on sale for three months afterwards at 10, dollars and then th and then after the three three months, it'll be 20. dollars So um, that's what Rockstar is deciding to do with Grand Theft Auto. Make more money, pinch more money off of you as they develop GTA 6, where they will no doubt enforce probably a very similar, if not even more predatory tactic and strategy. 
Guys, I mean, I think we all respect the Grand Theft Auto franchise. It's one of my favorites, but I don't know if we're all really, really big GTA people. So what do you guys uh, make of this? Rockstar and their tactics. Listen, I understand that they need to do some stuff and do some upgrades and redo some things. So if it costs a couple of bucks, totally acceptable. I get it. But yeah, you just they're they're pinching and they're trying to take everything they can out of us until the next one comes out. And it's just kind of ridiculous at this point. It's been out for 10 years, <laughs> you know, like, come on. I mean, I mean, no disrespect, David, but I, I actually don't get it. Like, what are these things offering that you can't already have on PC? Well, yeah, I mean, you don't you don't need to do any of this, but I mean, well, if, you well, wanna, I, if you want to upgrade, sure. I, but I know, but what are the what are the upgrades offering that the PC can't already do? Because I know, like, higher fidelity graphics and mm-hmm. frames are probably a big motivation. Mm-hmm. Like, you can already you can already do that on PC, correct? Like, if you have a better graphics card, and you know, you can run this thing at better frames, better oh, yeah, looking. For sure. Not everyone has a PC though. Well, I know. So that's like PC. It's not updating the PC at all, right? Because PC, you can already have all these things. You're, so. you're, you're basically just saying that like they're taking the graphical fidelity increases or anything else that is already available on the PC and kind of reshaping and reworking to make them console applicable and then yeah, charge you more for it. Yeah, like obviously PC doesn't have like uh, generations like consoles do. So you sell right. it once. And it gets upgraded as it goes on with generations. You know, it's like, oh, well, we got to do this stuff. And now you got to pay for it because we changed this. While it's probably as simple as switching a a little thing and, you know, okay, now higher frames, you know, because this console can handle it. Right. Now, I do think they they might go the route of a lot of people don't know this, but like Bethesda does this. When Bethesda came out with their, I don't know, their first or second of their several re-releases, um, they did a, P, uh, a PC version of it as well that was more than just the original Skyrim. Wasn't they it re- free on no. PC? Oh, it no. wasn't. It? Wow. No. Uh, so, I mean, that makes no sense. Um, you it's know, dirty. It's, it's dirty, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's weird like, to do that. And like, like I said, David, I, like, I disagree with that because they, they've charged people for 10 years with shark cards. Like they've made, I, yeah. I mean, it, I totally it, it, yeah. I, I know you don't agree with it. You know, I was playing I, devil's advocate, to be right? Honest. It's just like they made a billion dollars when it first came out because mm-hmm. people were buying it for single player, and now they've made billions of dollars since then Ooh, yeah. by selling shark cards. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you've purchased thousands of dollars worth of these shark cards; they're going to charge you another ten to get it upgraded, and that's that's messed up. I yeah, agree. yeah. But I mean, you know, somebody's got to pay for GTA Six. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to pay for it all over again. Um, speaking of making people pay. Oh, man. Real world topics right here. Real world know. topic here. Uh, it's about the game industry and their united reactions to uh, cut off operations and business in Russia as the Russian-Ukraine conflict continues on. So um, there's been several companies that have done it. Xbox has done it. Sony recently announced that they're doing it, that they're suspending uh, sales and business in Russia, and they're also making, I believe it was a $2 million donation to um, some, like, international humanitarian refugee um, uh, organization that helps with those kinds of things. 
Um, uh, Ubisoft has announced they're suspending sales. Nintendo no longer processing sales and stuff in the eShop that are from Russia. Um, there's other places that have suspended what they're doing as well. Let's see, Electronic Arts, Activision, Blizzard. They're cutting off game sales and stuff in Russia as this wages on. Um, so obviously, this is a very small and insignificant uh, component within the greater the greater topic or issue at hand. But um, just want to get your guys' impressions on the game industry cutting off Russian citizens from uh, from being able to play some some and buy some games as they're no doubt dealing with some fallout from the conflict as well. David. Okay, so honestly, like, I get it, but like, this is just mostly hurting the civilians of Russia. Like, the higher-ups and everything, they they don't care. They they probably don't even play video games. And then, like, also to step out of the video games, like Starbucks, Mastercard, McDonald's, like they're all pulling out of Russia, shutting down every store, blah blah blah. They almost have no way to pay for anything. Their uh, their currency is almost worthless. Their one ruble isn't even worth a cent anymore. This this just it's just their society is crumbling and the higher ups don't care because they have everything they need. They don't need they have the land that they need. They have their money set aside that's not in the banks or whatever. They this isn't affecting them at all. We're everyone's just mostly hurting the civilians, I think. And I think it's trying to maybe get them to revolt or stop their military, but what are they going to do? They they were getting arrested just for protesting. I don't know. I just I see it's they're doing the right thing, but it's the wrong thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, this is a super heavy topic that I'm not at all qualified to talk about, but I'll try. Um, so obviously, uh, the Russian citizens didn't declare war on Ukraine. You know, I don't know if any of them even supported. I'm sure they don't, because as David just mentioned, their society is now crumbling. And that's horrible for them. And obviously, it's a lot worse for the Ukrainian citizens who are actually having to deal with all this. Um, but every small step helps. You know, like I know it hurts the citizens, but they'll get sick of that and it'll come back on the government. And eventually, the government has to listen to the people or something like a revolution will happen. So if enough citizens are like, hey, this really blows, we don't want this anymore, this is not anything we uh, support, we want you to pull out, Putin you know, has two choices, either listen and regain the respect of his citizens and hopefully you know, keep being their leader or not listen, and then he's fighting a war with the world and he's fighting you know, a war with his own citizens, I, I guess. You know, I guess that's the theory. Every little bit helps, and you know, Nintendo or Microsoft or Sony is not going to end this, but everyone coming together including all the countries with all the sanctions maybe that's enough for russia to be like man this really isn't worth all the trouble and i guess that's what they're going for hey well said um <laughs> very well said i th- i think this makes no this makes no sense to me um i understand it in logic hey we're going to show solidarity but 
David, like you said, all it does is just um, hurt the Russian citizens who are uh, being at large debanked, um, are having their financial stability ruined um, due to the actions of her government, but not because they told their government to do it. I believe a large segment, maybe most of Russians, uh, Russian people don't want this to happen. You're going to uh, you know, have some portion that are pro-war, but there's going to be some portion of every population that's going to be pro-war. Um, right. And, and it, it's just, it's really, really weird um, to do this in solidarity, I guess, to show that we're against war with the Ukraine. Um, I mean, if they had any real gumption behind this, they would cut off sales to Saudi Arabia for Yemen. For Yemen. They would cut off uh, uh, sales in the United States for its various things of Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, anything like that. And that just didn't pop up. So uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really, really weird. Um, we should, we should probably but, just move on. But uh, hey, it's something they got to do. So uh, that's the game industry take, making a stance, taking an action. So um, good for them. Good for them be really great if they set the channel like that. Anyway, we have our next news item, and that is that Sony had their state of play. You may be wondering, what is a state of play? It's where they talk about some of their games and stuff, but it's like less interesting than Nintendo Directs. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's go through kind of, I guess, some of the things they talked about. Um, Corey, you had a chance to watch it. Yes. Um, I reviewed some of the things. Um a lot of game show that weren't exactly Sony exclusives. A couple, but not really. Right. Yeah. So, like, what did you see there? What was? What did you find of interest? Uh they announced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Calabunga Collection, which they did. Thirteen of the old school Turtles games, and I'm very excited to play that. Mm-hmm. Uh, will probably be the first games I try to play with my son, you know, because I remember playing it with my mom. So it's cool to have that uh, nostalgia. But like you said, it wasn't a huge thing you know they showed off some of the games that are coming out soon uh strangers of paradise that final fantasy origins game uh ghostwire tokyo it's just really a much worse direct it's not so much like hey we're announcing all these really cool new things but they have to announce companies have to announce their stuff somewhere so i guess this is a place to do it you know there was a couple rpgs by square enix capcom uh announced a mech fighting robots type game x is it exoprimal Exo Primal, yeah, multiplayer, yeah. max knockout, you know, dinosaurs. Um, it was okay. It's 20 minutes. It was pretty snappy, but um, I'm not going to start looking forward to it anymore because I hear about yeah. these and I'm like, ah, Nintendo Direct. Those are usually pretty good. Got a state of play. Let me. No, I'm going to stop doing that because you know, <laughs> I, I had in my mind Bloodborne remastered or remake. You know, like no, oh, Elden Ring just came out. It's never a better time. You know, with all the hype. But yeah, they just. Um, it's not like that, but uh, and Returnal, Returnal had a good update too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you said you just you just sparked my mind because I've been playing a little bit of Bloodborne, the place with the PS Now. I've been you know downloading it and stuff, and I'm playing on my PlayStation Five, and it doesn't look the best. I think yeah, the remaster would make it pop really nice. It never got an update because when the PS4 Pro came out, a lot of games got, you know, 60 frames, some graphics. It never got that. So yeah. uh, it really feels like a beginning of the generation type PS4 game. You know, it's an yeah. amazing game. But like, man, if it got remade or even remastered, it would do wonders for that game. Sure. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, David, you got any thoughts on this uh, sorry state of play by Sony? I mean, honestly, uh, I was excited for the turtle game thing. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's less of really a Sony cool. state of play and more of a we're announcing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle collection. Okay, cool. I'm there that's, for it. Cowabunga. Cowabunga collection. That's great. Um, yeah, that is it for the morning announcements, though, which means we're going to move on to the roundtable, which is a singular topic of discussion that we discuss. And for this roundtable, we are going to be discussing, giving opinions on what we believe to be one of the more dumb pieces mm. of, of, of media to come out of games media. That is IGN's top 100 video games of all time. Now you may be thinking, wait, top video games, uh, here's top 100 video games of like, you know, maybe like the past, like four or five. No, it's of all time. These people sat there straight faced and made this list and said it was their 100 best games of all time. So we are going to step through some of these games and uh, we're not yeah, some of them give our opinions on where we think this really makes no sense. Our, I kind of like where this game is at, or this game isn't on here at all. What the bleep? We're basically going over what they got wrong. So, uh, gentlemen, let's let's. Who wants to start it off here? What's what's your thoughts on this list? I think in our discussion, we all pretty much said this list is terrible. Correct. I think that's I'll, a general consensus. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll start with one. Um, yeah. Not saying this game does or doesn't deserve to be where it's at, but number ten, Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. Now, a reason I have a problem with this list is Disco Elysium was their fourth best game of 2019. And now it's their 10th best game of all time. Was like, any, are any of the of, are any of the nine games in front of it? <laughs> one of the three, the three games, games that, that was in front um, of it. I, yeah. I, I think there is. And I'm going to try to look for it because I definitely don't agree with this game even making a top 500 list of all time, but where is it? Number 64, their game of the year. Control. That beat out Disco Elysium. Now, I think Disco Elysium is probably a better game. I haven't played too much of Disco, but I would say Disco is probably better. But for Control to be up here is like... um, I don't know. It was a really good game. I don't think... Top 100? Like, it's beating out XCOM 2, and I feel like XCOM 2 is just... A much better yeah, game. XCOM Two. Yeah, I do know a few people that really love that game. But like, like, let me just let me just go back from Control, and you tell me when a game is worse than Control. XCOM Two, better. better. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, better. Silent Hill Two, masterpiece of a horror game, better. Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island, better. Uh, Splinter mm. Cell Chaos Theory. Mm. Do, we, do we? I don't know. I mean, they were they were good at the time, I guess, but I don't know if it's better than Control. The Sims Three. Like no. this, it is better. Yeah, this it's, was, it's this, better than Control. This this, I, this was the representative for the Sims game. Like they could have easily put Sims one, and it could have been a top ten game because that's how good Sims was when it came out. Mm-hmm. But they picked Sims three. It got a little bit lower, but that's a much better game than Control. Uh, Donkey Kong. All right, I'll give Control better than Donkey Kong. <laughs> Why is Donkey <laughs> Kong on this list? <laughs> I don't. I don't anyways, know. anyways, that's my little beef. Disco Elysium being so high when they themselves. I, I have no problem with top 100 lists because at the end of the day, they're opinions. Nobody can play all games ever made. 
But right. like I, IGN themselves told us that Disco Elysium was the fourth best game of the year, and now they're saying the tenth best game of all time. Just it's weird, man. Uh, well, it's not just weird; it's dumb. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I was talking about earlier about how um, they have Titanfall two at eighty seven on this list. Yeah, and they have Apex Legends at fifty five. Well, for one, they have they have live service games on here. They have Apex Legends at fifty five. They have uh, Fortnite at seventy nine. Yep, League so of Legends have, is in there. League of Legends, Dota two, they're all on here. But how? But so the live action battle royale that is based upon Titanfall two is better than Titanfall two when you know some of the criteria for this is like how good the game was when it came out. Well, Apex Legends was not that good when it came out, and it definitely wasn't better than Titanfall 2 was when it first came out. That's ridiculous. This is a ridiculous thing. This is this is incredibly idiotic. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I can't go, I just can't express it enough. I want to step in and say, as the avid Apex player, I agree with that. Wow. Because I didn't put in as much time as I did with Titanfall 2, but I loved that game. Because I loved Titanfall One. Between Titanfall One and Two, I probably did put as much time as I have in Apex. It was it's a great franchise. It was great games. I just I just don't have them on PC. I just never got them again. But and, it shouldn't yeah, be above it. Yeah, and like here's the thing. Like I love Titanfall Two. I obviously have a bias there, but I would even be willing to say that maybe Titanfall Two doesn't. It shouldn't even be on this list. And so, but my whole argument then is, if Titanfall 2 shouldn't maybe be on this list, then Apex Legends definitely shouldn't be on this list. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. And, like, I'm like, you know, we're obviously, like, looking through the list and stuff, and they have other stuff. Like, they have Borderlands 2 in, like, the 90s or something like that. So they're saying that... Titan number 100. That's number, that yeah. the last one to make it. Yeah, which... I mean, I enjoy Titan. I think Titanfall 2 is a better crafted game than Borderlands 2, but I can see the argument being made that, that Borderlands 2 is better than that. I have a hard time believing Borderlands 2 is on there. Like, Borderlands as a franchise yeah. to me is one of those franchises that is, is good. It's a good franchise, and that's its highest peak. Yeah. was good. So you're telling me the 100th best game of all time is from a franchise where their highest peak was a good game? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Borderlands 2 is amazing in a lot of aspects, but I would expect the 100th best of a media of a medium that's been going on for 30 years at this point mm -hmm. to be a little better than a Borderlands 2. I don't know. That's just my opinion on that. Yeah. And then also, I mean, and maybe a lot of people haven't played it, even though it feels like a lot of people played it, and it's a pretty critically acclaimed series. Wolfenstein isn't on this list. Yeah, that's... Anywhere. And, and the two new ones... Super highly rated. The New Order and the them. and the New Colossus, absolutely exceptional games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're gonna put a first person shooter on there, I'd put I'd rather have that than say Borderlands Two or Titanfall Two. Yeah. Or Apex. I mean, take I mean in I mean oh man, you can take you can take Fortnite off there too. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Like I understand I understand the the zeitgeist around it, but it's not. You know, it, it, this is uh, well. Let's let's go on some other let's go on some other things because this list is so wrong. I've never seen something so wrong put out. You may say, "Well, it's all opinion." Okay, yeah, these are wrong, bad, dumb opinions. 
This is David, poorly you, reasoned. The score you gave are the poorly reasoned. Well, like, yeah. I'm looking at this right now. 53, Miss Pac-Man. Yeah. Seriously? Like, Corey, you were saying earlier that the impact of the game is not relevant for this list. But they did say how fun it was at the time. Yeah. Which yeah. is weird. Because Even that kind of feels I, like uh, almost like impact. I Listen, I... Right. I feel like Miss Pac-Man should be on the list. Okay, <laughs> maybe that lie. maybe that could be number a hundred. <laughs> like I feel yeah, like Pac- Pac-Man is the, fun for like twenty minutes. I don't know, man. I love Pac-Man. I, I got. Didn't, I liked the Sega Pac-Man <laughs> game better than the regular Pac-Man games. I, I, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you. You're like killing one up. of my children I, here. I like Pac-Man. I like Pac-Man a lot. Yeah. yeah. If you're looking at the arcade era, I think that's the one that shines above, like, the early, early arcade era. You know, Asteroids. The, and, the original... Uh, is Mortal Kombat I mean, too late for that? Yeah, it's definitely too late for that, but... Um, that came out very early 90s. I, I don't know. Did Mortal, Oh, yeah, there is a Mortal Kombat. Didn't Mortal Kombat 11 make it? It did. Yeah. yeah. That is, like, what? That blew my mind. Why is 11 on there? Like, out of all the Mortal Kombats, like... At least you could, three should have been on there. If any, you could have you could have picked one of the early ones, or you could have picked, I think, Mortal Kombat, just the new revamp, which I believe is Mortal Kombat Nine. I don't, number number ten did very well. Right. I know it's that, weird. It's but, weird that number eleven made it. Um, it, it well, again, because it's, it's made by idiots. <laughs> the the civilization they have on there is Civilization Four. Four. Not I've five. never I've even heard of that. Really, like I know it exists, but I've yeah. heard nothing but Civilization Five. Um, that's, that's just idiocy. They have, they have, and this, and this is, this only beats it by one spot, but to me, this is emblematic of everything. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, right? Which set the trajectory of Call of Duty games, be it yet all first person shooters, I think for like 10 years. Oh, yeah. That's 63. 62, so just one better, they believe, is Rise of the Tomb Raider. So the joke. the best in a moderately decent reimagining of Tomb Raider that beats a genre defining game. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Like you said, even if you get rid of Legacy, how fun it was to play at the time. Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare was absolute that was the game peak. Yeah, absolute peak first that's, person shooters. That is what got me addicted to these games. That should probably be either the first or second best first-person shooter on this list. I mean, from a mechanical perspective and storytelling perspective, Rise of Rise of the Tomb Raider is Uncharted the Girl Edition. I, I, I get it. Rise of the Tomb Raider, it feels a lot like Borderlands 2 to me. Like, Rise, I, I played Rise and I beat Rise, and it was a good game. I had a lot yeah. of fun with it. But, man, you're talking about your 62nd best, like, that'd be like saying the 62nd best movie of all time is, like, you know, uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange. You know, like really, that's that's the best you can put out for your sixty second best of anything. Like, yeah, no, Rice shouldn't be up there. Uh. You know, it's it's weird. Um, if I could pick on a little thing here, yeah, uh, I think it's well known how much I hate Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number eight. I do agree that Red Dead is a good game. I was just annoyed by a lot of the things that they did in terms of the realism, but uh. I believe God of War, if I'm scrolling through this list, is number 25. Mm-hmm. And that's another issue I have where IGN themselves voted on God of War being better than Red Dead Redemption 2. It won their game of the year. Mm-hmm. So a few years later, you're telling me now the gap between those two is 
nearly 20 games long when that was your game of the year to me got a war first right like god of war is a masterpiece and red dead might be a masterpiece but it's just like whew, man that's that's quite the change you guys had yeah this list is just so it's so stupid and then a uh, an, another one that we had talked about pre-show is uh number 20 we have undertale now undertale is a is a very weird game because it had it had a very cult following when it first came out yeah and now it is huge with the memes you know signs and it's just it does have yep. a unique type of story it, mm-hmm. it tells a very unique story that's never been told before with the pacifist type run but the yeah. way it is ranked it is considered the fourth best rpg of all time only losing out to mass effect 2 um the witcher 3 and disco elysium and that to me feels like a shame i i don't know how big of jrpg fans you guys are but like man i don't know a little bit david your final fantasy 10 well, what what was it like? Final Fantasy VII's like in the eighties or nineties or something, right? Final no, Fantasy VII, Final yes. Fantasy VI. No, Final Fantasy VII's out there too. Well, Final I, Fantasy VI is a little bit better. It's um, it's a, it's ranked a little bit higher. Okay, I just looked at that. Yeah, Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy fourteen is up there. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a JRPG should have been above Undertale. You know, uh, Final Fantasy VII with its impact. I think Final Fantasy VI is probably the considered the best. 44. And that's like considered the best Final Fantasy. And it's like, man, um, something like Chrono Trigger, which in a lot of lists is considered the greatest game of all time. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, Undertale, that's like it's it's a meme type game. And while it does have a lot of positive, it's like uh, 20th best game. It's artistic. 20th. I'll give you that. It's artistic. The story is, you know, very unique. But, whew, 20th best. The fan, yeah, I have. I know people that like are a fan of that game and they talk crap about it. Yeah, I, I like the game. I beat the game. I thought it was pretty good, you know, but like huh. it, it's it feels like it just it got a cult following and that cult has grown and grown and it's grown into something that hasn't been stopped. It's it's pervaded the game's media to where they yeah. to where they here's another we were talking another thing we were talking about beforehand was Doom. Doom is yes. on this list at 29, and it, they're talking about the original Doom, I believe. Um, that one of the one of the criteria they have was that impact or legacy doesn't really factor into it. Okay, great. How is the, how is Doom 29 then? Explain <laughs> that to me, because yeah, at the time, oh, at the time it was a blast. At the time, four games existed. There were four games in the entire world, and Doom was one of them. So, yeah, it did a great job. And don't get me wrong, Doom has esteem. Doom is a good game, okay? I love both remakes. But the original Doom, when you hold it up to other first-person shooters, you know, that we've talked about and stuff, it doesn't doesn't merit being as high as it is. Yeah, if you you count Legacy, then Doom is probably a top 15 game of all time for what it did for the first-person shooter genre. But when you you specifically say, hey, we're not counting the Legacy and how it affected, you know, newer games, it's like, well, then you've got to base it on how much fun it is. You know, there's there's much better games. So you're you're telling me that the original Doom is more fun than the original Halo? Yeah, not a chance. Not a chance to me. Come on. Uh, speaking of another first-person shooter, we have uh, what is it at seventies? We have 007. 
How do you guys feel about that? It shouldn't even be on there. I loved that yeah. game, and it shouldn't be on there. <laughs> they should, at, at the very least, swap places with Titanfall 2. Make Titanfall 270, make GoldenEye 87, or something. Or just, or like a better suggestion like David had, just don't put it on there. <laughs> we've, we're, all, we're all grown now. We've learned. That game's a joke. Okay? It doesn't need to be on there. I do have um, a question, though. And so everyone yeah. knows, you know, everyone that's listening knows. Number one is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Do you guys agree with that? Um, so I was, I was actually going to ask you guys a similar question. I'll answer your question. Then I can kind of ask mine. Um, I, I don't have a problem with it. Like I said, this is an opinion, opinion piece. You know, it's a bunch right. of people that play different games. So if breath of the wild had enough people playing it and they thought it was a really, really excellent game. Yeah. I could see it being number one. You know, I think it's not my number one game of all time. It definitely goes up there in the top 20 somewhere. So if you had a bunch of people like me working on IGN where everyone had Breath of the Wild in their top 20, then, yeah, it'd probably be their number one game just because of how many people think of it as highly esteemed as it is. So I don't have a problem with it Okay. Um, at all. So, uh, Jeremy, how about you? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't mind it. I have enough respect for that game and, and everything and just how fun it is and how great it was when it came out. Um, to where I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. So I uh, I had two questions. Now, David, the top Resident Evil game on this list is Resident Evil 4. You agree with that? I forgot what your top five Resident that Evil is, that, that is my favorite one. I do okay. agree with that. And do you think it's high enough on the list? Because I know Resident Evil 4 is like, that's that's third-person action almost. That's That was the right. game. Does it right. deserve to be higher? That, what? It's number, number 40. Number 40. Uh, <laughs> I would say I mean, that you probably... Uh... Yeah, I think it should... You know, if it was in the third, like, 30 or, like, later 20s, like, I think that would be acceptable. Like, I know there's a lot of other games that I definitely haven't played that can easily beat it, and I can understand that. And not a lot of people like those kind of games. But I think it deserved to be a little higher. Like, it... The Last of Us Part Two beat it, and I don't agree, I don't agree with that, and I love that game. Right. Um, my other question was, it was very similar to what you were talking about with Breath of the Wild. Not picking your favorite game of all time. What game do you? I guess you could pick it if it made sense. But what game do you think deserves to be the top game? Just looking at it from like an outsider's point of view through gaming history, like, hey, here's the one that really shined, and this was this was the best game of all time. Yes. I, I mean, that's that's a very hard question. And like, just I don't know, like, give me a second. Did you have what did you want to say, Jeremy? I was also going to say that's a very hard question that I think <laughs> would take so much time to really consider and weigh everything. Um, yeah, as far as number one, I mean, very, very tough. You don't um, think there's a I mean, there's obviously not a consensus number one, but there's nothing that like. Like, man, this is this is the game. Like, if Aliens came down and you're like, man, I got to show them the best of video games that it has to offer. Like, is Tetris? Like, Tetris is so pure in its being a video game. Right. Like, like, and I've known, like, an old EGM voted that as number one before. Or, like, Super Metroid was number one in a couple lists before. Like... No. Yes. I don't. That's. Uh, I don't. I don't have. I don't have one right at the. Okay. I. Uh, yeah. Same. Takes that's a lot fair. of consideration. I think maybe Ocarina of Time is my idea See, of the game that was. 
the that's best. That's what kind of upset me that right. Arena was below other Zelda games. Yeah, it's like twenty fifth. No, it's not twenty fifth. That's God of War. Ocarina was thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. To me, looking but, from an outsider's point of view in the game industry, it feels like Ocarina had the biggest impact and was the best game because the medium was going from 2D to 3D, and it seemed like it perfected what Zelda was in 3D. Yep. Well, too bad it's less fun in Minecraft now. Too bad. <laughs> too bad Minecraft is more fun than The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've never seen so many kids run to one game. I mean, oh, even Minecraft? even adults play that, but I mean, like Minecraft I mean, just took everybody. Fortnite, Minecraft, where's Roblox? Is there a Roblox on this list? I wouldn't yeah, be not. If there was a Roblox on this list, because that's, that's how much of a clown it is. That's a site, not a game in particular. Yeah, they don't. They'd be on there. They don't care. Let's just throw some blocks on it. <laughs> um, and I want my last word. I, I don't. What's Hades doing at thirteen? I don't know. I don't know. What's it doing? What's it doing at 13? Like, come on, guys. It's it's so new. And I feel like if they do this list in five years, Hades might not even make the list. You know, and that's what I don't like about, like, their top 20. Like, they have a couple games in there. It's like, in 10 years, is it going to have that? Because a top 20 should be, like, these are forever ingrained in every gamer's mind. Is Hades going to have that? Maybe. But it's way too early to tell yet. It's. I mean, yeah, I don't. It, I didn't hear anything about that game at all. This is the joke. There's like several fallouts on here. You have Fallout New Vegas at 45. Um, ranked one above Kotar. Okay. Uh, I I just I just don't understand this list. This is a dumb list. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is a dumb list, and um. How is Halo 3 not on here? Like, I'm not even a fan of the Halo series, and everybody played Halo 3 if they had an Xbox. I don't think, know. Because Halo 2 like, did it first. Okay, Everything maybe, Halo 3 Halo did, Halo 2 did it first. How Evolved is on here? Well, all right. So, so my personal top whatever, I do have Halo 1 and Halo 2 in it because Halo 1 felt like the ultimate single player or like story based first person experience mm -hmm. like the best story first person shooter you know for sure at the time and halo 2 felt like the best multiplayer ever you know and and they're very different one single player excellence one's multiplayer excellence so that's that's the excuse i would give you for halo 3 not being on there okay would you say that hades is better than hollow knight um i liked hades better than hollow knight i, yeah. I liked hades a lot i you know, I don't know if you guys remember the couple yeah. years ago or whatever. I, I had it, I think, three mm -hmm. on my game of the year. I, I liked it a lot. I really do like Hades. And I think it's, I would give it like probably a 9 or 9.5 out of 10 even. That's how good it is. But it just feels too high for such a new game that we don't know what the, uh, you know, lasting image of it will be. Right. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, like I said, I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million more dumb lists. Um, but that's our opinions on it. You guys let us know what your thoughts is, where you would rank what. Um, let us know. Do you feel like, you know, hey, you know what? I do think that uh, <laughs> I do think that Half-Life Alex is better than Tetris. Um, you let us know what your thoughts are. But um, 
yeah, that that is it for the roundtable, uh, which means that we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be back with Was It Worth It? This level of the Thoughts and Players podcast was made possible by your support. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to like, rate, and share the show, as well as contribute to our community questions and segments. Doing so helps the show grow, keeps our content engaging, and most importantly, makes sure your voice is heard. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. And we are back with more thoughts and players. Now, before we get into the Was It Worth It? Our favorite segment. We want to say that, uh, or forgot to announce that in response to that terrible IGN list we just covered, that we, Thoughts and Players, the number one gaming podcast in the universe, endorsed <laughs> by Universal Universe Weekly, we are going to come up with our own top 50 games of all time. So you know that we're going to be coming with pure fire. Now, this is going to be a bonus level type of series where we're going to do uh, 10 games each episode for a total of 50. Um, we know we said before we are going to put the kibosh on the bonus levels, and we are mostly, but we definitely wanted to do this because, um, I, you know, I, I think you can tell in our voices we are so irate, so enraged by this list that we want to give you people the list we feel gamers deserve. So that is that is what's up. Make sure you look out for that. Uh, that'll be coming to you. We'll make sure to announce it on all the socials. Make sure you give it a listen and share. Educate. Make sure your people understand the purity, how pure gamers think. Not this nonsense where you make a game that you didn't even make the third or fourth best game of the year and make it your eighth best of all time. Or whatever. Anyway, we're moving on to our favorite segment and your favorite segment, Was It Worth It? And for today's Was It Worth It? We've got a little game from... From software called Elden Ring. Now to give a brief little overview of what Elden Ring is. Elden Ring is where you go to this place, I believe, called the Land in Between or the Worlds in Between. And uh you fight monsters and die a bunch. That's what that's what the game is. But to give further explanation to what the game actually is, we're going to have our uh our resident masochist, Corey. No, no that's not me. <laughs> give uh, give his impressions of this game. So you guys know the five categories. Visual, sound and music, story, technical, and then, of course, the gameplay. So, Corey, tell us, yeah. man. Tell us, you've been in the world for Elden Ring. You said like 30-something hours, right? Yeah, yeah. How has this place been looking? Um. So the visuals, uh, I haven't had one issue with the visuals. They do not... Uh, stun me in terms of like graphical fidelity but um art style can do a lot for a game and this game's art style is amazing it's super super dark fantasy so you're thinking medieval but with grotesque you know something like uh Guillermo del toro might make in one of his movies you know the monsters are ugly their their body parts don't quite go where they're supposed to um things are decrepit like castles things are ugly and that hides what you would look at and be like, man, this isn't Horizon Forbidden West. You know, it's definitely not that. This looks like a really nice uh, PS4 game, for sure. But I have no issues with it. It's a big, wide-open world. There's no loading in between anything. So for them to make wow. a game that looks this decent, this good, 
with this big of an open world, I'm like, I'm very impressed by the graphics. It's not been one time where I'm like, oh, that looks kind of iffy, you know. Um, and then coming from Arcus, which is the last game I played, this looks like a, a freaking painting by Michelangelo. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, no issues with the graphics at all. I think they look pretty good. And like I said, the art style is is unique a lot of people don't go with dark fantasy from software does so if you play a lot mm -hmm. of their games you'll see a lot of like the same kind of stuff that you've seen before but in terms of the entire game industry you don't see this type of art style too much and it looks it looks pretty good nice yeah yeah if you're used to from software their dark souls or demon souls or yes. bloodborns or sekiros yeah yeah, yeah. uh so sound and music what's your impressions of those yeah, so I think overall the sounds are all pretty good. Um, they do have voice acting. You know, other from software games had voice acting. Your character doesn't really talk, but um, the NPCs around the world talk. Some of the bosses will chatter at you and stuff. And the voice acting is all really good. All um, it fits the world very well. You know, some of them are a little bit creepy. Some of them are foreboding. But uh, voice acting is well done. Um, the sound effects. They're fine. You know, it's not something that I it jumps out at me where it's like, man, this sounds like the most realistic sword hitting a shield I've ever heard. But, you know, it's there. It works uh, for the music um, and open world music. I feel like I don't recall it for all that much. You know, there's very few games. I think the last one I played was like Valheim, where I'm like, man, this this uh, this slaps. This is a great open world soundtrack. <laughs> but besides that. I, I maybe I'm so engrossed in the world and trying to discover stuff. I don't really notice the open world music too much. But when you do get to those famous from software bosses, they really pipe up the organs, the piano, whatever music, musical instruments they're using. And it gets you hyped like no other. And you feel like you could do anything and, and then you die. But yeah, the music in the boss fights. <laughs> excellent. Open world. Man, I wish I could recall a little better. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. Voice acting pretty good and sounds about average. Okay, it's uh, sounds like the sound and music does the job. It aids in the experience. Nothing that sets itself apart, but it it doesn't detract. Yeah, I, I will say it sets itself apart when it needs to on those okay. big moments. Yeah, um, in the open world, you know, it's you're running around, you're kind of searching it. I wouldn't expect some big, you know, orchestra blasting. It wouldn't make sense for that part, I think. Right, right. So, you mentioned, you know, it's something like out of a Guillermo uh, del Toro type of thing with the grotesqueness. Now, I believe this was developed in collaboration with George R. R. Martin, right? Or was it Guillermo? Yeah. No, George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Okay, so you got the guy that wrote games. Yeah. Helping with helping with this this game. So how is the story? The alone? story. Okay, so um, if you've ever played a From Software game before, uh, a lot of their story is told through lore. Um, they might give you an opening cutscene, kind of describe who you are, Jeremy. You kind of gave it on the overview. You're in the land in between. I'd even forgot that much. Uh, you're a tarnished, which is I don't know someone that's disrespected. Um, there's Elden Lords which are like the rulers of the land. Um, the Elden Ring, which is the namesake of the game, it was split into five. Each of the Elden Lords have it, I guess, and you're going to try to recover it. Uh, the story's not not great. Um, 
you know, there is story to be found if you really love piecing together um, the world yourself and, you know, reading item descriptions and armor descriptions and sword descriptions. You can really get a sense of who these characters are, how they relate to each other, you know, the strife and the struggles that they went through. I don't do that stuff. That's a lot of work, you know, but um, (laughs) (laughs) um, if you're not going to tell a good story, then I do appreciate that you're not trying to tell one at all. You know, you're not you're not they're not getting in my way and saying, hey, instead of letting you play the game, let me do um, five minutes of exposition and tell you all about what's happening here. Now, that's not to excuse their no story, you know, because a lot of people play games for the story. I, I I like the story in games, but this one, uh, it's not there for me at all. Uh, and I won't be the type of person that goes back later and tries to find lore videos. It's just, it's not important to me. I've got to kill some dudes. I'm going to kill them. That will lead me to kill more powerful dudes. So, uh, story, not a strong suit. That's interesting for a game that I think is targeted at being single player first. I know there's yeah. some multiplayer aspects to it, but... It seems to be mostly targeted as a single-player experience, but, but as opposed to something games. like a Destiny. But but all their games have been single-player, and they've all done this. Yeah, yeah. I would say Sekiro had probably the best story out of all the From Software games in terms mm-hmm. of the actual like standard, hey, cutscenes, hey, this is happening, this is what's going on, you know. But um, I'm sure some diehard Souls fans or From Software fans would really get on me for saying, like, man, this story sucks because there's probably 10-hour videos right now detailing everything and how it relates. I, I, I don't, don't – like I said, Hendry, like, Destiny kind of had the same criticism, a lot of lore, not a lot of storytelling. So then right. you got to go, so go to My Name is Biff, and he'll give you a 20, 30-minute yeah. video on what this <laughs> means. Uh, talking about the technical aspects of the game now – I know there's been some news about it on the PC side. What uh, did you play this on your PlayStation? PS5. PS5. Yep. So, what was your kind of technical experience with it there? Uh, mostly good. Uh, I think the PC stuff you're referring to is maybe some like drop frames and um, popping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'm not so good at realizing when frames drop, but I do think it has happened a little bit. You know, you get that little bit of stutter. Um, it never seems to happen in an important part, an important part. Like I haven't had a boss where it's like, oh, it stuttered. And now I got hit because that'd be devastating because bosses are so they are so devastating. You know, you can't have that during that. So um, anytime that would have happened, I think it would have been the open world where I'm turning and, you know, they're just trying to load it in as quick as they can. And something like that happens. But it hasn't been a major issue at all for me with the frames, uh, the pop in a little bit. But um, not not too bad, you know, like when I load up the game and I start running, um, it's not something where like the draw distance where it's like popping in from really afar. But like maybe when I first load, you'll see stuff pop in and then it'll be fine after that. Um, I did have one really horrible, horrible thing happen to me. It was it's 30 hour game. So this was the one thing that happened. But it, it really, really put me on tilt. I was in the middle of a boss. I'm a boss I was struggling with, you know, because that's that's what you do when you play these games. You struggle a little bit. Um, middle of the fight, I had played it to perfection. I was playing calm. I was playing, you know, smart. And then the servers stopped and it kicked me out mm. no. in the middle of a boss fight. And Oof. it brought me back in uh, 30 seconds later and it had restarted the boss. And uh, 
that that like I said, that put me on tilt. I died 15 more times because I was never going to play that patient again. Because <laughs> I I you know I fought him for about 10 minutes and I was like didn't get hit and I was waiting for his move set and then the next 10 times I was going right at him and it was uh, didn't work out for me so well. But besides that, I have not had anything else like that happen to me at all. So thankfully. Well, yep, thankfully can't. Yes, thankfully can't can't sustain too many of those on a playthrough of, of those types of games. Um, so let's get to last but definitely not least the gameplay. Whew. Gameplay Souls games. That's kind of what they're known for their mechanics and different stuff like that. So, kind of you know where do you want to start off with describing the gameplay of this thing? Yeah, man. In video games, combat is king, and Elden Ring is Louis the Fifteenth or something like that. Not a good analogy, but uh, yeah, Souls games, from software games, Elden Ring specifically, all all about that gameplay. That's what people come to play because it's it's non forgiving, it's patient based, but it's all skill. There's some cheapness, but it's really a skill based game. Now, for anyone that hasn't played a game like this, it has a lot to do with the stamina bar. You have a stamina bar, and every swing you take whittles it away takes it away and you're trying to balance your stamina with how much you can hit an enemy and vice versa um they haven't changed the formula too much from say bloodborne dark souls 3 um same kind of deal you know you're looking at enemy patterns you're trying to figure them out they hit very hard you can die to any enemy within a couple of hits um you don't hit very hard you know for bosses it could take anywhere from 15 to a half hour to kill a boss when they can kill you in one hit but i do think that it's very fair you know it's pattern based they will do these patterns everyone has a tell it almost feels like an old school mega man game when you verse the boss you know if you know what they're going to do you can stop it even though it's very hard um the difference about this game though is it's open world and uh that's a huge change for the from software games because the thing about from software is they have such intricate level design i'm sure you've heard Tons of people talk about it. You know, this path led all the way back to the beginning and it opened up a shortcut. And that's the coolest part about those games. And somehow they were able to bring that into the open world to perfection. I think um, everything in this world connects with each other in such a, a reasonable and like right way. You really feel like this world is all interconnected. There's nothing goofy about this open world. Um, just like Breath of the Wild, you can go anywhere you want now the enemies might be tougher in certain areas but you have complete freedom and i've heard a lot of people call this like revolutionary for the open world genre and i don't know if i'd go quite that far but it feels very close because when i say complete freedom i honestly do mean complete freedom i've played a couple other open world games recently horizon zero dawn and dying light 2 and you know as much as a lot of other games do they have markers on the screen and they have npcs that give you tasks and they go in your journal and you feel compelled or you feel pressured to complete these you know it's like a task list and it's like okay i gotta do this 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 elden ring has zero of those it doesn't even really tell you what to do for the main mission so and that might seem daunting but to me that is really complete freedom because once you get past that initial area the entire world is open to you and it sort of points you in the right way, but you can go wherever you want. 
And you can have fun doing that because every path you take leads you to something interesting. It leads you to an item. It leads you to a summon. It leads you to a cool boss fight. And that is just the most magical part to me of this game. Um, Like I said, the complete freedom. And I guess I should jump into the boss fights a little bit. There's a lot of them in this game. I think the total amount is 83 of them. And they're spread out. They're spread out everywhere. Crap. I don't think a lot of them are mandatory, but it's so um, interesting to be going off the beaten path, finding a cave. It turns into a fully realized dungeon going through this. And then at the uh, at the end, there's a real from software boss, you know, because they do bosses a little different. They don't they don't make these simple things. They make things. Everything has a moveset that's unique to it for the most part. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said. I go half hour out of my way, find a small cave, go through it, and then there's a real boss, and he gives you a good reward usually. It's always something. Now, um, comparisons to Breath of the Wild are totally fair because it's a lot like this, but I think what it does better is those rewards at the end. Zelda felt like you can find interesting things, but it didn't add up to much once you found them. This Mm -hmm. one, you want to go there because it's something that increases your life. It's a brand new weapon. Um, It's just – it's – it's not overwhelming at all, which is weird to say because it's a very long game. There's a lot of map to it, but it just feels like no matter what path you take, you'll find something. And even if it's not the main story, you've gotten something out of it. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need some water here. <laughs> so um, I know that, like, um, you know, compared to, like, one of the things that I, that I remember them talking about was was changing compared to previous From Software games was like going back to the beginning a bit, the character creation. So okay. there's a lot more of custom or customability, customization you can do with your character. I think, and this one compared to previous From games, From um, Software games. Yeah, probably. I didn't really spend too much time on no? the character customization. Kind of uh, you, can't, you, you can't you can't do it any time. It seemed very tough to do, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the terms thrown around is like fashion souls, you know, where people love to mix and match their armor. Like that's, that's one thing I like about RPGs and some RPGs don't let you do that. You know, uh, specifically like JRPGs, you get some cool armor and it just doesn't show up. Uh, this game, it does, you know, like you get a really cool set of armor and you look like the man as you're walking through, um, same thing with the swords and the shields. You know, I have a shield with a whole bunch of spikes on the front. It's a great shield that covers my head to toe. You know, I got this sword that has like really cool powers. Um, another thing I should mention about the gameplay is, uh, summons, which I believe are new ish. So in every game you could summon friends to come to your world. Mm-hmm. So this one kind of took that approach and they leave you single player summons. So you get that pretty early on in the game. And the first one you get is you get four wolves. So you can't use them everywhere, but for a lot of the areas you can, and for a lot of the bosses you can, so you can summon these things. And that's a lot of the, some of the rewards you get. I think I have four or five different ones. You know, I have four dogs, um, one's a minotaur, one's a jellyfish. And those are really fun to kind of go out and collect. And, um, so there was a lot of talk about this game as well. Uh, difficulty from software games are notoriously difficult. Is this one easier than the other ones? Is it more accessible? Uh, yes and no. It's definitely not easier at all. It's a very hard game, but is it more accessible? In a lot of ways it is because um, 
older games, you would go to bonfires or you'd go to lanterns and those were like your save points and you would die and you would go back there. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has a boatload of those. They're spread out throughout the world. Tons. You might go 20 feet and find a new grace. So you are constantly having these safe havens that you can kind of revert back to if you need to. It doesn't make the enemies any easier. The enemies are still tough. The bosses are still tough, but it kind of takes away. Okay. Wow. I died. Now I got to travel 15 minutes just to get back to where I was. So mm-hmm. that's really nice. Um, the fast travel is also good. Uh, don't really talk about fast travel in a lot of games, but for some reason I feel like I should mention in this one, it's you can fast travel at any time to any one of your graces. Um, and it feels good. It makes traversing the world easy. You know, you mm-hmm. can go from one, one half of the world to the other in an instant, and you don't even have to be at your location to trap fast travel. So that's, that's pretty nice. But as of being easier, it's in my opinion, not any easier than the other ones. Yeah. It's funny. It's like interesting that some games try to use stuff like really spare, save points or a lack of fast travel as an actual difficulty component in the game, which always feels kind of cheap to me. Yeah. Because it's, it's just wasting someone's time for no reason. The, the game, the difficulty of the opponent or whatever else, that's the thing that should be the challenge. Not the fact that um, I have to go 15 or 20 minutes you know, to find a save a save spot or else I have to travel back or I lose whatever progress I had or I have to beat all these enemies again. There's plenty of reasons in games like that to farm enemies, but right. you don't want it to almost have to be a consequence of having lost a challenge because that's what you want the player to do is to challenge, right? So That's, uh, that's beautifully said. That's exactly what they went with. And they yeah. hadn't always had that. Like Bloodborne, right. you had mentioned earlier, sometimes it's a slog to get back to that end. I mean, that boss mm-hmm. fight and boss fights fights take a long time to, you know, like I said, 15 and a half hours. So if right. you got to travel through and you're already losing health, it's tough. So like I said, the enemies haven't gotten easier, but the ways to engage them had to get to them has. And that's really, really appreciated. Yeah. Well, Elden Ring, I believe it retails on all platforms for $59.99. No mm-hmm. $10 hike on the PlayStation. Uh <laughs> <laughs> this game and was it worth it uh for me personally a hundred percent um i got 30 hours in and i know i say this a lot on this podcast i do think i do think i'm gonna get another 30 hours i say that about every game pokemon rq this, yeah, this, this isn't gonna be uh this isn't gonna be a replay of cyberpunk 20 no i really think I, I want to beat this game. So um, previous from software games, I beat in the last two, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro, uh, both very difficult games. I would say at the end of both those games, I was definitely ready to finish. I was tired. I was running through areas just to get to the boss so I could try to fight them. Mm-hmm. And those games took me about 40 hours each. Like I said, I'm 30 hours. I have none of that so far. I'm still finding new things that I want to explore. I'm loving it. I went back to an original area, looked to my left, and there's an entire tower that I forgot to go to because at that place, I decided to go right. Spent hours going right, doing multiple things, and then I fast traveled back just because, and I looked left, I'm like, oh, shoot, haven't gone there. Could be hours, could be worth who knows what, but I'm excited to try it out, and that's the thing. It's a discovery without anyone pointing you that way without any boundaries so for me it's 100 worth it i know it's been getting amazing reviews i'm not going to go so far to say that hey i would give it a 10 myself 
but I can 100% appreciate why someone would give it a 10. I understand why someone would give it a 10. I understand why someone might say this is one of their favorite games of all time. I get that. Um, the question, I think, isn't was it worth it? Because this game's huge, filled with a ton of stuff, definitely got the quality there. The question should really be who's this for? Because mm. from software games aren't for everybody. Um, even people that love from software games don't always get into them their first try. I know for me, I bought Demon Souls, I bought Dark Souls 1, and I bought Bloodborne. And Bloodborne was the first one where I actually put anything over 10 hours into. Never yeah. even beat that. It took the fourth game I bought to actually beat one of these games. So, who's this for? If you're a, if you're a From Software fan, you already have the game. You know, we're talking a couple weeks after it's come out. You have the game already. If you played From Software games and you really hated them, I still think it's not for you. It keeps pretty much everything that From Software has done, and it perfects it. But if you didn't like their games, you're not going to like them. So who am I talking to here? I'm talking to people that have never played from software games. Then is this one for you? It's a challenge. It's a different type of game. You have to approach it with the um, with the know how that you're going to die and you're going to fail. And you got to be OK with that because you are trying to learn a pattern. And if you can appreciate that type of gameplay and you want to get better um, I think it is for you because it's 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 very rewarding. It's rewarding like few games are. You play through this and you get through a tough part. You feel like you earned every bit of that. So um, it's worth it, and it's for you if you haven't tried it. I think you should at least give this one a shot. Nice. All right. Well said. I you know I think that the fact that one of the things you mentioned is the fact that you have those bonfires, so to speak, so accessible. It it takes. Though sometimes those are those are discouraging for people to have to travel, spend 10, 15 minutes traveling back to where they were. But the idea yeah. that you can really jump back in, get someplace in three to five minutes and continue your journey really quickly, even if it is difficult. I think that uh, entice more people to give it a try, too. Yeah. And I think that's why people say it's the easiest one to get into at this point. Yeah. Very hard, but it is easy to get into. Yeah. Well, there you go. Was it worth it? Elden Ring. It's a Yes. If you're love from software, it's a probably not if you don't like from software games. And it's a hey, pr pr probably if you're yeah, give it a try, if you're if you're into it, I'd say what this game definitely if you into buying it new, I think it'll hold its value. Well, if you decide you don't like it and you want to trade it in because people are really, really digging this game. So I, uh, I had stated out loud to a few people, I'm not buying another game until I beat this. Well, it looks like right, there won't be any other games this year that you're going to be uh, I, uh, <laughs> going to be getting. And, uh, and I really want Triangle Strategy. So, well, a Triangle Strategy for you then. You did it to yourself. All right, we are going to move on to indie spotlight. This is where we like to uh, talk about an indie we think deserves some love. I'm going to take this one. The indie I want to spotlight is a well-known, highly regarded, beloved indie called Rim World. Now, again, you may be asking, like with Elden Ring, well, what the heck is a RimWorld? Well, RimWorld is a, a essentially a space colony simulator, right? So you have this incident where, you know, you have people that crash land on a, on a planet, and you're basically working with these people to survive. You manage them. You, you know, you're like foraging for resources, mining to get wood or stone so you can build shelters, um, you know, build tools, create 
uh, ways to, you know, hunt the, the native animals. You can create meals and stuff. You're researching schematics and technology in hopes that you survive and progress long enough to build a spaceship and get the heck out of there. Um, now, obviously, the main one of the main draws, besides all of those kind of like simulation businessy type of things, but but management type of aspects is the randomness of the stories. So there's randomness that happens all the time. You have a storyteller for your games and your your AI storyteller uh, triggers certain things to happen. So what does that mean? Well, for instance, you could have two or three of your survivors. Your survivors can have different ailments. One person may have a wooden leg or no leg. Um, uh, and they have they all have different skills and proficiencies. So you may have someone that's really good with uh, with 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 herb with like an herbalist kind of. Maybe they work better as the resident me medic of your of your little band of survivors. Maybe one person used to be military, really good with a gun. They can be your your hunter, right? Um, but then also there's there's instances that may happen where you have barbarians come through. A tribe of barbarians, they want to come and get your resources. And it kind of triggers this. And you have to figure out, have you built up enough resources? Have you built up your base enough to give your, your survivors a chance to survive? Um, you know, same thing with like trade caravans. Maybe you do some mining, you find some things, or you research enough to create a uh, like a fertilizer or something that you can sell to the trade caravan and get some other resources, barter for something else that your crew may need to survive. Um, a lot of... Uh, um, kind of like the the social aspects play a huge part in this game. So, for instance, you may have two or three people that survive the space shuttle crash together. That don't means they like each other. One person, you know, might might be like a chatty Cathy. The other one just wants to be left alone, and they don't mix well, right? There can be certain pressures or instances that happen. Maybe you guys run out of food. And that puts a lot of pressure on one person to a point where they have a psychological break. And then you can't control that person for two or three minutes. And they could grab a knife and start stabbing people. You don't know, right? All these different random things can happen. Um, you can have a, a point where I've seen like playthroughs where there's specialized uh, cannibal runs where they have it where your survivors can only eat other people. And that's what they do. And as you take on new settlers, new people, they'll obviously be disturbed and distraught over this. How does the colony survive? Do they survive? What happens? All these different things you can kind of that you have to kind of take into consideration. Uh, like it's it's a fantastic game. I'm not sure if it's built. I think it's maybe built off of the same platform as like um, uh, Prison Architect. I mean, they kind of look the same. I'm curious if you like think about the characters or the visuals or something like that. But it is a wonderful game that you can easily, I mean easily, lose hundreds of hours in. Easily. Um, just doing just one playthrough. You, you can obviously do different ones with different difficulties in different areas of the world. Um, there's a bunch of, there's different diplomacy and all these different things. You can have pets and it's, it's completely uh, just... You can just lose yourself in it. And so that's a game I want to highlight. RimWorld, it's retailing for $35. That's its usual price on Steam. Sometimes it goes on sale for $31.50. If it does, mm. grab it. Um, you save yourself a few bucks. But yeah, the, RimWorld is just an excellent indie. One of those indies that definitely sets the bar in the standard for something. So that's my indie spotlight. Well said. Thanks. So uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. It is game time, and we are playing Legally Guessing. That's where we have 
21 questions to guess a game. And this legally guessing is being bartended by you guys' favorite bartender, David. So, David, uh, you're going to take it away. Yeah, so uh, before the podcast, Corey's like, oh, he's going to have some obscure game that he's only played and no one else is going to know what it is. And I didn't. I definitely had an easier game. But I'm gonna I'm gonna call his bluff and pick a hard game. God, so, thank you, Corey. I appreciate it. You guys have uh, 20, 20 questions and a guess. Twenty questions and a guess. Twenty questions and a guess. Okay, so Corey, since you know you kind of screwed us, I'll let you go first. Uh, can you play this game on the Nintendo Switch? No, you cannot. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what did this game? come out before 2010 yes it did okay 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 um do you control a human as your character no you do not Mm. okay okay does this game have dinosaurs no it does not (laughs) Before 2010, what what generation was 2010? Was that PS3? PS3, 360, yeah. Okay, so it could have been on those because they came out a few years before that. Okay, Um, was this game on a cartridge type, uh, came out for like a cartridge device? No. Okay, we're talking disc, we're talking disc. So we're talking disc, so that gets rid of... Pretty much every handheld. I could have been a PSP game or a PS Vita. Right. Um but yeah, so that that wow, that covers so we got what just a couple generations then the PS1, PS2 generation, and then those, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um <clears throat> is this uh is this game a is this game a first-party published game? Nice. I I don't think so. Okay, okay. Uh, should we just not count that as a guess or a question? That seems unsure. I mean... It's, it's not I like... Think- I'm pretty sure it's a no. Okay. All right. Shoot. Um, did this come out during the PS2, Xbox, GameCube generation? No. Okay. So that's seven guesses. So or we're seven talking, questions. Yeah, we're talking either 360 era, or we're talking PS1, Dreamcast. Really? I mean, we gotta just narrow it down, right? Um, is, is this game in the PS3, Xbox 360 generation? Which no. includes Wii. Really? It was Wii. Yeah. Wait, was that, like, a, that was a yes or no? That was a no. That was no. a no. I feel like we're about to be bamboozled here. So this, is this game part of the PS1 Sega Dreamcast generation? Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to waste that. I thought. No, that's good. It's good. Maybe we get like an arcade game or something, and we get really screwed. 
So PS1 Sega Dreamcast. I'm I'm pretty sure it's PS1. I don't think he's a Sega Dreamcast guy too much. Did this, well, d- d- is this game accessible or playable on the Sega Dreamcast? No. Okay. Okay. So it's a P- PlayStation 1 game. Is this game part of a franchise? No. A one-off game on PS1? I'm screwed, dude. I don't it's got here. this. Yeah, yeah. How many in hard mode? We're at 11 questions. A one-off game on PS. I'm done, dude. And I, I will, I will say it is based on another game, but it's not part of that franchise. And it has no other games in it. No. Wow, that's tough. Um, so he's so he kind of gave us like it's a spin-off kind of. So are we maybe looking at like something off of Final Fantasy, like maybe Final Fantasy Tactics? I I feel like that'd be part of us. You don't play as a human though, so I think that's right. a big one. Right. I think that's a big one. Um is this game third person or first person? Like you're asking we got a yes yes or no. Was that like Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Is is this game a first person game? No. We're at twelve. We did twelve guesses. Um, you don't play as a human. I think that would also count as like vehicles, right? Like, like, like I know yeah. Gran Turismo couldn't be it, but like you don't play as the car in Gran Turismo, right? You know, like you are a human in the car. Okay, just just confirming. Right. Obviously, it's not a human or Grand Turismo. I'm just just wondering. Okay, so you don't play as a human. Um, do you play as an animal that's realistically on Earth? Yeah. Okay. Thought maybe it could be an alien or something here. No, you got it. A good guess. A good guess. Um, I'm gonna. Okay, so. Should I should should I ask another question or should I take a guess? No, don't don't waste our guess here. How close do you think we are? Well, I thought that if we take guesses as our questions, we're allowed more guesses. Yeah, but we're not even close. Uh, I feel like, like, I feel like if, we're close. I mean, if you if you're, what were you gonna guess? I can't let I can't let it. Well, I can tell you, well, but it's, I, well, not, no, uh, <laughs> it's not it's well, not an official guess. I was gonna go for some reason. The Gex game popped. Into I was my thinking mind. Gex. I yeah. was thinking Gex. I, I would ask if it was like a platformer, because Gex is definitely a platformer, and that way we could whittle it down. Okay. And then if he says no, we knock out a whole bunch of games. Okay. Okay. Well, is this game a platformer? No. Hmm. All right. And I don't think Gex. I, I was thinking Gex as well, but I think they made like three Gexes. I just remember the one with the shades. I think it started going off the rails. Like it was like Gex. He was like 007 in that third one. I watched well, like the first one was off the rails. <laughs> Probably. All right. So it's not a platformer. Is this an. I oh, do want to say I. Yes, I do want to say you guys asked if it was on this earth and they are, but it is undetermined. What they are. Wait, the character in the video game or the animal on this earth? Both. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that's very that's very cryptic. 
So it's an animal on this earth, but what? it's undetermined? I didn't want you to narrow down to something that was wrong. An undetermined animal on this earth. Like, what what does that mean? WTF like, games. What, like 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 it was it like it existed and then went extinct, but we don't know if it ever existed. Is that like no, is that no from from what I gather it the fans at most say they're half breeds. They're half breeds? Yeah. The, the character in the game. Mm-hmm. But it's based on an animal that is real. Yes. Okay. All right. That makes more sense. So. Okay. Huh. Um. Man, what was I going to ask? All right. It's not a platformer. Do you fire any sort of projectile weapon? A gun, slingshot, something like that. Do you use projectiles as a weapon? As a weapon? No. No. So it's not a shooter at all. It's not a platformer. How many guesses? How many? How many questions? We're at fifteen. We're at fifteen. So we got five more questions and then a guess. Man, man. So like, I think we've knocked down a couple genres. I think we should try to stick with genre a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, are we thinking? Is it? I can't be RPG, right? Is it RPG? Have we? So we know it's a third-person plot, not not platformer. And and doesn't ha- involve shooting at all. It doesn't involve shooting at all. Yeah. So man, like, is it? It could be like a beat 'em up. Right. It could be a beat 'em up. It could be some kind of like, you know, like those games like Rage and stuff, where they're like fighting animals and all that crap. You know. Um. Uh. Uh, this is gonna be a dumb question. Uh, <laughs> uh, the animal that it's based on in real life is it smaller than a deer? Yes. I think that was a good question. Now, so are we thinking? So are we leaning? Are we leaning? Conquers bad fur day? Is that where we're leaning? No, it's not cartridge. They didn't have. Well, not Bad Friday specifically. They didn't have any any Conquer games. No, that was an N sixty four exclusive. Ah, oh, okay. Until it came to Xbox, but we're talking about PS one. PS one, right? Mm, uh, let's see here. Man, so it's a small animal, smaller than a smaller than a deer. Smaller than a deer. Ah, oh, man. Um. Is is this animal a mammal? Yeah. Okay. That rules that's, out any kind of lizards or amphibians or insects. That's a good. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ah yeah. oh man, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, man, a a small. I I know it's not even on PS One, but I keep thinking of like Sparkster. You ever play that game? No. Are marsupial, marsupials? They're not animals, right? Marsupials are animals. I mean mammals. Mammals. <laughs> they're they're Mar- marsupials, right? Marsupials are mammals. They are mammals. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like raccoon or something. Yeah, yeah. 
What's, the, mean, what's, that, rac- what's that raccoon game? Well, it's like Cooper, but that was PS2. Yeah. But I'm thinking like there was a Sparkster game, but I think that was Super Nintendo. <clears throat> um. So let's see. Should we maybe do we drill down on what type of species, you know, like I, I, I got a decent question here. Would it be realistic to keep this animal as a pet? I mean, I feel like, like, is it, is it like an animal, like the base, the base on the real world counterpart, would this be an animal that realistically people keep as pets? And what they're based on? Yes. Based on their personalities? No. Gotcha. Okay. So now we really have it down. You're talking dogs. You're talking cats. You're talking hamsters. Mm -hmm. Um, You're talking rabbits. it It can't be fish. We know that. Because right. it's mammals. Um, you're talking, yeah, rabbits. So you're talking about like a core of maybe like five to ten animals, you know, with like hamsters or gerbils, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, what could it be? What's a cat game? What's a dog game? Uh, um, oh, man, I don't want to waste this question. Uh, I think I know what it is. But no, it's not part of a franchise. There was a pull rapper, the rapper too, right? Well, he said he said it's not a it's not it's based off of a franchise, but it's not part of a franchise. Right, but pull rapper, the rapper, there was multiple one, two. Yeah, hmm, that would be like right up his alley, you know, rhythm game. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm looking at some images, and I do want to say that one of the characters you can select are human, but they're not the main concern of this game. Okay. Okay. It's noted and appreciated. You're welcome. Um, One of the characters you can pick. Two. 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 Um, Is it, do you think it's a, do you think it's like a Crash Bandicoot? That's a platformer, though. He said no platformers. And that is definitely in a franchise. Yeah, it is. Like Ape Escape, but I feel like it, there's multiple Ape Escape games. Like yeah, Ape Escape yeah. 1 and 2, that would be decent. But Monkey is something we haven't thought about. Monkey's a good one. Monkeys are small. I feel like they're popular like game uh, characters. They aren't, they aren't typically pets, though. Oh, that's true. That's true. But you could... But I don't think I think David would have said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to own one. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I can't think of a game that stars a cat on PS One or a dog, or a hamster. Remember, or a rat. they're they're half breeds, right? They're half breeds. So like, all I'm thinking about is like the cat now stands up, the dog now stands up. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> So, we have two more guesses. At, we have two more questions in a guess. Like now, wait. Now, isn't Jackson Dexter? Isn't Jackson? Yes, like, too. I'm pretty sure. He's like a half breed with something, though, right? Any mix of the animal? I think that that started on PS2 because Naughty Naughty Dog was making Crash on PS1. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
All right, all right. Let me. I'm gonna try to break down the genre just a little bit here. We mm-hmm. got two questions. Is this game one of? Is this game an RPG puzzle or rhythm game? Just any of those three. You don't no. have to tell me which. No. Wow. So what genre do we have left, Jeremy? We've got action without guns. I mean, I guess yeah, beat 'em up. Right. You get action. We've got. Um, we've got action. We've got adventure. I mean, we have racing. We have racing. Oh, oh snaps! Is that it? That's it. I think. I think. I mean, I can't think of other like literally. We no, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, Crash Team. It's a Crash Team racing. I think that's easy though. That's part of a franchise though. Yeah, I don't think that's technically like a spinoff. It. So it, you wouldn't count that as a spinoff of it? No, that'd be part of the franchise. Okay. Hmm. Um, what genres have we not done? Because I feel like that's our only chance at this, is if we know what genre it is. Action, adventure, racing. So let's just ask one of them. Um, is... is is this game is this game a either racing game or adventure game? No. Son of a gun. That's we gotta get Jeremy, what what are we missing? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um wow. So it's not an RPG, it's not a platformer, it's not an action or adventure, it's not a puzzle, it's not a rhythm well, game. Well, you said it's not he said it's not in, in um, what was it? Now action or uh, or racing adventure. So, so it only leaves adventure, right? I don't think so. No, he said no. Like literally, I don't even know what genre it could be. I I honestly like we're literally missing one. Like, could it mm-hmm. be? Could it be sports? Mm-hmm. That would be ridiculous. It could be sports. And he just said, hmm, so it's mm-hmm. got to be sports. Is this like, what sport game? What sport game starring freaking animals? Wait, are we official? Wait, he said, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I get it to you. It's a sports, it's sports. Oh, Okay, it's a sports game with animals. We have a chance, Jeremy. Me and you are both sports game guys. I mean, not really, not really during PS1 era, though. No, definitely not. And it's like a spinoff. So, you know, you know what I should have asked? I should have asked if it was part of, like, if, if it was an IP, you know, like, I feel like, I feel like Tiny Toons had a sports game. Pretty sure that was on Super Nintendo, though. So, do you want to do, I mean, what's, what's, what kind of guess do you want to put forward? Then? I want to guess Space Jam. You want to guess Space Jam? Two humans, Michael Jordan and Bill Murray. It's technically not part of a game franchise, but it's a spinoff. You know, like Mm -hmm. Looney Tunes is a game franchise, but Space Jam you would never say is. So Mm -hmm. only issue is there is a second Space Jam game. But would David remember that? He would remember that. So my whole guess is wrong, but it was going places. That's but that that seems like the best guess we've got though. But it, like it's literally wrong. But we have nothing else, and it's getting late. Yeah. 
Um, is there anything else you can think of before we guess Space Jam, which is 100% wrong? <clears throat> um, nope, absolutely not. Not, not something where I can choose between animals and humans. Just two humans. Um, yeah, I have zero clue. Um, David, is this game Space Jam? It unfortunately is not. What was you it, got, David? It is Animaniacs 10 Pinelli. Oh, what? That was impossible. I, you called it out. I'm sorry, but I did play this game a lot. We could have had 3,000 guesses, and we would have never <laughs> guessed that. We never. would have never guessed those those words in order like that. Well, if you guys said Animaniacs bowling, like I would have gave it to you. I had no clue. <laughs> Dang, I was I was kind of on the right path with the time. You're on the right track. But you said Tiny Toons. I was touching my nose. Ah, uh, and yeah, you're right. Animaniacs are dogs. They're dogs, but they're like weird, freaky. That's that's Kid why I, I looked it up. They're like <laughs> hybrid of like cat and dog, and but you can you can play as uh, the baby and as the nurse. Fair enough. Mm. But that's, wow. that's why I clarified. Wow. So I mean, there you guys have it. Corey wanted hard mode. I gave him hard mode. <laughs> I'll go easier next time. For what sure. was your Sorry. easy? What was your easy mode game? I'm using that next time. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's just go on the final thoughts, man. I'm I'm, I'm right. ready. To, I'm already done this. Final <laughs> thoughts. So when we give one last thought or point more to make about anything related or unrelated to this level of the episode. So who would like to give their final thoughts first? Me. Okay. <laughs> so this bad boy finally came in the mail. My KO edition of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Nice. It only took, what, a year? Yes. Yeah. Over a year. But uh, yeah, totally worth it. I'm going to put it somewhere i don't know where and quite a few people are upset that i'm not opening it but why would i do that but yeah that's my final thought to enjoy the things inside i already have the game on my pc that's good enough <laughs> no fair enough fair <laughs> enough um i'll give my final thoughts next jeremy all right we are living in the future i just want to point that out um i don't know if you guys have ever bought a uh eShop card PlayStation Network card, Xbox card, where you're putting money on it. Um, first thing you do is when you get home, you got to find a coin. Who uses cash anymore? No one uses cash. So it's really hard to find coins, and you got to scratch it off. Or use your keys, and you might mess up one of the letters or numbers. I bought a Nintendo card in anticipation of buying Triangle Strategy once I beat Elden Ring in a couple months. Mm. Um, they now have pull tabs. Pull tabs, guys, instead of the scratching off. You just pull it and you get the code? Yes. Yes. They've had that for a while. No, they haven't had it for a while, David. Shut up. That's how. (laughs) No. That's the last few Xbox ones I had. I've only been buying PlayStation for the last, like, two years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Seems like you got to. Maybe you gotta you gotta step outside the PlayStation bubble there and get some I, real technology I, cards. I buy other games. I just usually don't buy cards for them. I'll just buy them straight up. Like PlayStation, True. I hoard the cards every month until <laughs> I like get enough money. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Pull tabs. It is cool. I agree. I like it. It's yeah. a lot. I've not seen so, it so much easier. Yeah, I, I know Nintendo just came out with them recently because I just bought uh, Nintendo cards for my mom for Christmas, and mm-hmm. it was the scratch off one. So. Very excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. 
Very nice. <clears throat> My final thought is, is I have been watching the remake of the Fresh Prince of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air called Simply Bel Air, and it is wonderfully terrible. <laughs> it is extremely well acted and extremely poorly written, and oh, that no. makes that makes for some great great entertainment. Um, that it's. I tell you what, man, Peacock's like it's been worth the five dollars a month for Peacock so far. So <laughs> I can't wait until it's done and over this first season so I can get all the stuff I need and then can immediately cancel my Peacock subscription until the next season rolls <laughs> around. Um, but yeah, it's it's been great. It's been an absolutely bla- a blast watching that. So I uh I know Will handpicked the actor for his role. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's That's here's the thing: cool. all the actors on there are just fan. They're fantastic. They do a very good job. The writing is terrible. The there's like a one scene where Carlton has this ex that Will's friends with, and Carlton's jealous of it. And there's this one scene where Will and her are like sitting next to each other with their feet in the pool, and Carlton is mad, and he's like on the balcony of it to his room looking over them and it just felt like it almost felt like uh i was watching scar from lion king look over me <laughs> it was a ridiculous <laughs> image it's like this is this is so dumb uh but you know that's that's what we need that's what we need carlton's like snorts massive amounts of adderall in the show it's good times you know um jeffrey went from being a british butler to a Jamaican fixer. It's good times. <laughs> it's all good times. Alrighty then. Yeah, so I'd say if you really want to watch a good bad TV show, check out Bel Air. Um, but that is it for level 48 of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. You can like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thoughts and players like it's all one word we are on instagram at thoughts.players on twitter at thoughts player 2 we are on youtube as well as tiktok and other places um be sure to check us out there we want to thank you guys for tuning in to this level and we will catch you on the next level peace